Let's welcome back to the podcast Rabbi Yaakov Menken, Managing Director of the Coalition for Jewish Values and a frequent contributor to Newsmax TV in addition to a lot more. A man I have a lot of admiration and respect for. Rabbi Menken, thank you. It's a privilege to have you here again. And thank you for having me back. Pleasure. And let's start with Ilan Omar, the anti-Semite Ilan Omar, who apparently is going to be stripped of her committee assignment, specifically the House Foreign Affairs Committee. It's a, And now, it's not a done deal, but the Republicans, even though some were wavering, they're saying that they have the votes. It was a disgrace that she was on the Foreign Affairs Committee in the first place. It's not just her feelings about Israel and about the Jews, but even the United States. I mean, let's face it, she's not a fan of her own country. So what are your thoughts on all of that? Well, I, I keep saying that what I say is really just what the from community is saying in general. And and there, you just took the words out of my mouth. I mean, I don't have much to say to add to what you just said there. It's a disgrace that she was ever put on the committee. In fact, we already knew from the time that Ilana Omar was appointed to the Committee on Foreign Affairs, we immediately asked House Speaker Pelosi to reconsider that decision based on the things that she had said, uh, that Omar had said, prior to being elected. And then a month later, she said, it's all about the Benjamins as far as uh, those congressmen who support Israel. Oh, they're all being bought off. Like, we haven't heard about that canard about Jews and money before. <laughs> so it was obvious to us, again, that was our the second time we asked, and we asked a third time when after Hamas uh, attacked Israel with rockets, et cetera, et cetera, in 2021, uh, we said uh, in response to her saying that Israel and the United States had committed atrocities along the lines of Hamas and the Taliban, we said, you know, it's obvious that this woman does not belong in the Foreign Affairs Committee. She can't tell the difference between Democratic uh, first world armies defending themselves and defending the lives of their citizens from terrorist organizations, how can such a person be on the Foreign Affairs Committee? And so we're not really saying anything new, except that we're saying it to a much more receptive audience in uh, Speaker McCarthy, who uh, obviously, besides being on the other party, uh, has also been a very strong supporter of Israel throughout his career and recognizes that this type of rhetoric, it's a matter of moral conscience. It's not just a political move. So this isn't a partisan thing. This isn't a political thing. It's a matter of moral conscience to remove her. She should not be on, she really shouldn't be on any committee. She shouldn't be in Congress. But at the very least, in House Foreign Affairs, she can do a lot of damage, and she's going to vote the wrong way, you know, just because of her hatred for Jews and Israel. She doesn't belong there. Yeah. She, and like you said, she could do a lot of damage. Also, it gives her an enormous amount of credibility in specifically a topic where she deserves zero credibility. And on Sunday, and I'm sure you're aware of this, Elon Omar appeared on CNN sitting there next to Congressman Adam Schiff, who is a Jew, a, a very leftist Jew, but a Jewish Democrat nonetheless. And Omar had the audacity to claim that she was not aware of of an anti-Semitic trope about Jews and money when she when she infamously said that uh, support for Israel in Congress is all about the Benjamins. She doesn't know anything about Jews. She just knows that she hates them. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that is the, the idea that the Jews are 
obfuscating, um, hiding their eyes. You have to pierce the veil if you want to see the truth. You know who said that line about piercing the veil? Adolf Hitler, Mein Kampf. It's, an, it's a straight-out quote. So the idea that the Jews are blinding the eyes of everybody else and duping them, it, just classic anti-Semitism. And as Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, uh, as I'll put it, you know, the average anti-Semite, the fact of history that most anti-Semites don't regard themselves as anti-Semites. And what, right, right, that's exactly right. And what's incredible is that a bunch of Republicans were kicked off of committees by Nancy Pelosi, by the Democrats, uh, for far less. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, Steve King. I'm not a fan of Steve King, but he said things that were innocuous, I mean, compared to Ilan Omar. George Santos, he just stepped down, and he's embroiled in all sorts of controversy, and I'm not defending him or condoning him. But then I hear people saying how with Ilan Omar, they're targeting her because of her race, and they're targeting her as, like, tit for tat, as some sort of vendetta. I mean, there are plenty of minorities, and, and there are, in fact, other Muslims in, in Congress who Kevin McCarthy is not kicking off. In fact, he kicked off Eric Swalwell, who's white, who deserved to be kicked off because he was compromised by a Chinese spy. So it's it, the, the the rhetoric, and, and it gets picked up, by, of course, by the mainstream media. It's just it's ludicrous. I mean, honestly, I believe that not only should Omar be kicked off, but the members of the Congressional Progressive Caucus should also be kicked off their committee assignments for daring to claim that the reason why people went after Omar is because she's a Muslim refugee, a black Muslim refugee woman. I mean, they understand that the avowed neo-Nazi and former grand wizard in the KKK, David Duke, praised Ilan Omar and endorsed what she said. Now, he doesn't like her because she's black, doesn't like her because she's a Muslim or a refugee or a woman. She, he likes her because she says the same hateful things that he says about Jews. <laughs> so for her to claim that it's about her minority status is to claim I, either she believes that Duke is himself a black Muslim refugee woman or that he loves black refugee <laughs> Muslim refugee women or she's just lying. <laughs> and like I said, this is a reason why she herself should be removed. And the Congressional Progressive Caucus, that they would dare make that reference, they're obfuscating for anti-Semitism, obviously. It's reversing the bigot and the victim. It's really – I mean that, that was one of the most disgusting things about the whole episode. Yeah, and um, the media is completely, as you'd expect, completely picking up on this rhetoric and this propaganda. Uh, just a quote from the AP story about – uh, Omar getting kicked off the committee. They said, quote, this is payback after Democrats booted far-right GOP lawmakers from committees for their incendiary, violent remarks. And then, they, so, they, so they're talking about the right wing as being violent, incendiary, the Republicans. And then they say, this vote against Omar, who has apologized for comments that she has said she came to understand were viewed as anti-Semitic. So literally one line to the next, the GOP lawmakers who are far right made incendiary violent remarks. And this is a vote against Omar who apologized for comments that she came to understand were viewed as anti-Semitic. You can't you can't make this stuff up. Well, this is the AP, which reports that Palestinians uh, were shot by Israelis. And Israelis died. 
Right. You know, when they were killed in murderous terror attacks by the same Palestinian, it's like, you know, they will classically always give you reporting with headlines like, you know, Palestinian shot dead after uh, gunfire in Israel. <laughs> Never mind that the Palestinian in question is an Arab who was trying to shoot Jews. Yeah, and that's they, you know, that's, literally. This is the same thing. Let's obfuscate for anti-Semitism. You cannot have something more violent in terms of incendiary rhetoric than what Ilan Omar used. You know, the machete attacker in Muncie who murdered, you know, Holocaust survivor Yosef Newman. Uh, that murderer first looked up "quote unquote" Zionist temples before he went to this very, in fact, anti-Zionist, Hasidic Shashol, where they were having a Hanukkah celebration. I mean, that's the kind of... You know, he was obviously incited by somebody to go after Jews with this idea that Jews are Zionists, of course, they're just the same thing. All they care about is living in Eretz Israel, that makes you a Zionist, you know. Uh, so there, therefore, you know, there's a connection here, which is... Actually, it's not that subtle. It's not something you have to figure out. But, of course, if you know what anti-Semitism is and what you're looking for, you know that she was inciting violence. There's no question about it. Exactly. And I'm glad that the, C that the CJV actually called that out and pointed out that link because, yeah, as you're saying, there, there's, a, there's a direct correlation and there's no coincidence here. The surge in anti-Semitism in the last couple of years – uh, literally linked directly to the surge in anti-Semitic rhetoric by both people on the left and and the mainstream media. Uh, yes, and you know she's not the only congresswoman. I, mean, I I I would believe that it's more than appropriate that Rashida Tlaib also lose her committee assignments. But here it's clearly a matter of principle. It's this is really devoid of politics. You want to tell me that Swalwell and Schiff. Being removed committees were payback for Democrats removing Republicans for committees. I, I will believe that. I will buy into that. It's just, you know, a politics game, etc. But removing Omar has been the correct moral decision to take since the day she was elected. Yeah. Since the day she was elected. She never should have been put on a committee like that, for sure. She shouldn't have been put on any committees. But on a committee like Foreign Affairs, which you can do maximal damage to the U.S.-Israel relationship, she just doesn't belong. Now, shifting gears for a moment, I know you had mentioned to me earlier that uh, somebody had spoken up on Twitter and they connected you and I or I guess – I mean you you tell me exactly what they said. <laughs> they, they, they said <laughs> – I, I just thought the story was great enough to share with you. That somebody thought that I was you because you know Yaakov M, Yaakov Mankin, <laughs> gotta be you know. So, but and this is after the first podcast in which you had interviewed me. <laughs> so, besides the fact that there's an episode out there of Yaakov Mankin talking to himself while pretending to be two different people. The, the fact is that anybody who's heard me speak, and, and the videos of me are you know already out in the dozens, and the podcast episodes from you, anybody can tell in about three minutes that we're not the same person. <laughs> it's just kind of proof that on Twitter you can say anything you want, especially if you don't use the real name. 
and just be, you know, and, and even better. I thought the, I, I thought the rationale was even better because the rationale was supposedly that I didn't want to do it under my name. I mean, my name out there too much or something. Like, <laughs> you know, right. I don't know what the guy was <laughs> You want to stay and remain incognito. You d- you've done a great job of staying anonymous and <laughs> keep, keeping a low profile. <laughs> yeah, it's just hiding from the uh, <laughs> Which, uh, that, that, that's quite hilarious. I mean, you're, you're a great ventriloquist, or I'm a great ventriloquist, or we both are. <laughs> but my family makes fun of me. I, I, I managed to stay, I would call it semi, because a lot of people know it. I'm out there. But it's like, so you want to do a podcast? This is your, like, hobby, or more than a hobby, but, you know, th- this is your passion, and you want to remain, like, anonymous, <laughs> and you want to, you want to, people to not know, like, why, why not take up, like, building electric trains or something? And on that, if you don't use yeah. anonymity to attack other people, I mean, obviously, there's any number of forum written by people who just said, "I don't want to, you know, claim credit for my safer. I want people to judge it for its merits, and that's wonderful." And they'll even have Huskamas, and then the Huskama, the name on the Huskama, you know, who who the Huskama was given to, will be masked out. Uh, that's obviously credible, but I was saying there's there's a difference between being anonymous and doing the podcast like you do, and being anonymous on a platform like Twitter, where you, what you're really doing is taking advantage of anonymity to attack others, right? And, and trolling, and, and you can be saying the most crazy things. And the point is that you never, no, nobody will ever connect the two of you, so you never have to be embarrassed for how dumb a thing you said on Twitter. Great point. And it, to me, it's the ultimate irony because people, some commenters on Vin News will get will get frustrated. Why can't he use his last name? Why doesn't he just come out there and, you know, I'm talking about me. And here, we, here they are, anonymous commenters ripping me to shreds. I mean, mocking me and saying all sorts of just uh, vicious things, and they don't. Recognize the irony of uh, getting uh, outraged at me for not using my last name in public. My my only complaint is I should have copyrighted Yaakov M before that, that you started have, to that use would, it. That would have been great. Now, and <laughs> and I and I want to mention on this final point, uh, which is that I have and I've told you this, I have tremendous admiration for you for the coalition of Jewish values. I'm not trying to pander in any way right now. For that of you. You're you're out there. There are a lot of organizations out there, and a lot of them, you know, represent from Yidin and represent Rabbanim, and they're wonderful groups. And nothing, not, not in any way critical of what they're doing, but you know, you're really the only ones in terms of standing up for you know the moral fabric of society, which is decaying beyond belief. You know, talk about gender issues, abortion, which you just spoke up about recently because a group of reform Jews are actually suing for the quote unquote religious right to abortion, which is insane. And, you, you know, you, you're so brave and so courageous because you're standing up for things and saying things that are highly politically incorrect that I think, you know, many other groups are just not doing. You know, I'll, I'll react to a few elements of that. I, I don't regard it as as courageous. Rabbi Fisher, Dove Fisher was writing articles like this when he had no backing, when there was no organization behind him, and people could have portrayed him as a, not only as an iconoclast, but as a crazy right-winger or what have you. Um, in in my case and in our case, since CJV is an organization and since it's known in the from community that, you know, they, they were, were, none of us is an iconoclast. We're mainstream. We're not out of the out of the norm, as it were, and 
when the other rabbinim in the community are saying to what we say, you know, either they say, like, why are you saying it so loud? Or they're saying, say it louder. <laughs> so it's not really about a whole lot of courage. It's just about, uh, you know, getting a message that has to be out there. The other thing is, with regards to the other organizations, and we know who they are, we don't have to mention the names, but when your job is to advocate for the needs of our community, first of all, I, re- I regard that as our first obligation. You have to watch out for the needs of the from community, and we have special needs. We have to go home early from work on Arab Shabbos. We have to have synagogue security. We've got to have uh, school choice and things for our schools. So an organization whose entire focus is what are the needs of the Torah community, of which there are several, those organizations cannot get involved in the arguments that we do. And I was told by one of them in particular that they would never mention a public official by name, you know, for a negative reason, because it's a, you know, obviously that gets into a quote-unquote political fight, it can offend their allies, et cetera, et cetera. So they're not going to name Ilan Omar by name. But somebody has to be doing it, especially in an environment where reform is specifically acting in contradiction to Torah values, doing a huge amount of, you know, America believes its founding values are something called Judeo-Christian ethics. And so the only Jews who are talking about these issues are saying that they're wrong. The Judeo-Christian ethics are not actually Judeo-Christian. They're just Christian. We should get rid of them. They're sectarian. That's why you have, like, the Jewish lawsuit to try to block a pro-life position from, from being realized in law. And in that environment, somebody has to get up because when the reform says that stuff, they claim to represent all the Jews. And they're not, it's not right. It's not true. The entire Torah community is against them. And, oh, by the way, the Torah community has more rabbinim than all the leftist movements combined. Yeah. The obvious reason, I mean, reform produces like 30 rabbinim in a year. You know, Lakewood produces that many in a day. <laughs> you know, it's nothing to talk about. So the educated Jews, the knowledgeable Jews, are overwhelmingly on the other side of this issue. So why is it that all we should hear from is these few leftists and their paucity of knowledge? Well said. As always, Rabbi Menken, your your clarity, your wisdom, I mean, so refreshing, and the service that you do for the Frum community uh, is really, really so appreciated by many of us. Um, and thank you for being here. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And and, and again, it's, it's really not about me. I mean, that's kind of the point, is that I'm only articulating what I certainly hope your Rav feels and the other Rabbanim feel, because if, if that weren't true, then I would be doing something wrong. But it, it has not worked out that way. Baruch Hashem, we try very hard to uh, to act and to speak as in accordance with what the Rabbanim are thinking. Right, absolutely. That message has gotten across very well, at least to me and I think to the listeners. Uh, we'll leave it there. Rabbi Yaakov Menken, Managing Director of the Coalition for Jewish Values, Freak and Contributor, Newsmax TV, and a whole lot more on the VIN News podcast.